All right, so welcome back. Today I'm gonna to do another lightning round or what I call lightning round. And what this means is I've come up with an idea where I believe I'm synthesizing um, scripture, some thoughts, what I've been reading, and I put it together really quickly. And the benefit of it is I'm able to like go with the flow on some insight and I'm usually taking a walk or I'm just thinking and I'm connecting it really quickly but it doesn't have the benefit of a deep exegesis and exposition and the research. So take it with a grain of salt. I usually try to capture these so that it helps me to flesh out my thinking. And so a lot of this is literally, I am just thinking off the top of my head and spinning it out. And so take it with some caution. I do try to link to um, some of the scriptures that I have in mind, but a lot of times I'll just be referencing them without actually going through in detail or I'm thinking about it. And I know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a placeholder on that and then come back to it later. So um, today the topic is on, I call it the call to grow. And I'll start with this from saying on the secular side, there's often the use of a term growth mindset. And it came out from a researcher here at Stanford University. And it's actually a very you know powerful framework for how people view the world. Um, how are they supposed to approach um, themselves and um, others? And I also started to think about certain relationships that had the most challenge. And I found that if the person didn't have also a growth mindset, that created this, this almost impenetrable tension. And so I started thinking about it more and more. And I started to believe that the nature of a Christian is in fact to be someone who is growing. That is actually a call to be growing. And maybe it's not exactly the same as the way the secular world describes it, but we can learn quite a bit from it. So uh, I'm going to go through some of the scriptures that came to mind. I was just taking a walk and thinking about why is this so challenging and what does it mean and how, how do we detect it? where that, that, that might be something that's missing in somebody. And the, the question that stays open for me is how much is it possible to change? And I don't know if I'll be able to answer that. But I wanna first ground it in this is part of a Christian life. So I'm gonna start with uh, Hebrews. I think Hebrews, um, when I was reading through it, seemed to have a lot of references to this that I'm gonna ground it in. So Hebrews 5, 11, 14. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are dull of hearing. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to reteach you the basic principles of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is still an infant, inexperienced in the message of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained their senses to distinguish good from evil. So he has set up this, this dichotomy, this framework between are you an infant or are you someone who's mature? Are you feeding you require milk or do you require, or are you able to move on to solid food? And here he's really grounding it. He specifically is talking about the, the message of righteousness, which in Paul's context is probably the whole of the gospel, not just a righteous message, but the means by which through Christ's propitiation, um, we are able to achieve righteousness. 
But notice how he's talking about how important it is to not just not forget, but to move on and advance beyond that message. That, if anything, describes growth to me, which is we are moving beyond a concept, a belief, a framework that we already have within ourselves, and we move on. So it, it continues, what is the nature of that? So Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith in God, instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. So he's laid down, well, these other things, such as the, our foundations, repentance from, de from dead works, faith in God, etc. And so he's, he's laid down, that's the equivalent of sort of Christianity 101. And I would agree, if those foundations aren't understood and built upon, then yeah, they're, 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 you can't move to the next step. But he's saying once that foundation is on, and it is in constant use, which we saw from Hebrews 5, then certainly there is more. But, but I would say within the Christian life, often we're not getting enough of this, enough of a reminder, or the things we're building on don't evidently build upon this foundation. And that's the same thing with this growth mindset. A personality which is stuck on any one of these foundations is not able to grow. If they're stuck on the dead works, then they haven't actually moved into maturity beyond that. And I think this is a um, a reason why identifying a growth mindset in the other person you're relating with is so important. Because presumably if you are growing, and if the other person isn't, that is going to be an inevitable source of conflict. Now, what determines whether someone is a growth-minded person or not? I think there's a spiritual dimension to that. I actually think the act of being regenerated, or as Paul calls it, sort of killing off your old man, the old ways, is itself the ultimate form of growth. But the act of being a regenerate person should in its normal nature, in the act of being regenerated, inspire you to continue to grow. That regenerated person, in, in my belief, should already be growth-oriented. And this might be controversial. You could say, well, there are some people who are in fact saved. They did see, they did have eyes to see and ears to hear. They came of faith, but now they're stuck and now they're, they're not in growth mode. And I'm struggling with how that can be and what are the elements that might keep someone in that, in that place. So what is that nature of that growth? Why is it important? So it takes us back to Ephesians 4.11. Many people are familiar with it just in the context of spiritual gifts, but I think often we miss the full value of it if we don't look at what is the purpose of that gifts and what does that serve? So let's go take a look at it. And it was he who gave some to the apostles, some to the prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, 
as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. So Paul is using the term mature, and he's showing in many ways that glide path, which seems it's truly unattainable, but it is a glide path nevertheless, which is the full measure of the stature of Christ. That is something that we do appear to be called into. And so the person who is not growth mindset cannot achieve that. They will not be able to fulfill that calling. So one of the things I've thought about is, okay, there's the stuff that we, we can work on on ourselves and then the stuff that we can look at upon other people. Whom do we want to be around? And um, I think they both apply in terms of how can you tell if you're, you're sort of growth oriented. Um, so I think the first thing is moving progressively deeper and deeper and having the desire. I, I actually believe that the attainment of maturity and the development of one spiritually is more about will than there is about skill. And so the foundational question is, do you desire and do your actions reveal that you actually do want to mature to the full maturity and the stature of Christ? And there are many ways that that can be done. It can be done through books, the content that you take, the people you want to be around, the activities that you do, desiring to learn. But if you don't have those behaviors, it's, it's pretty hard to grow without behavior. So one of the things I started thinking about is how are critiques or criticisms or complaints articulated? So someone who says, you are always this. I know you to be this. You are just X. It's likely they don't have a growth mindset because they've categorized the entire person and they created a state. So if you find yourself or a person that you're starting to get into a relationship for those who are dating and contemplating marriage, I would say really watch for that because if the communication is you are this way, you never do this, you always do this, they've already presumed inside themselves that you can't change. So it stands to reason that somebody who believes somebody else you can't change probably has the same perspective on themselves. Here's the other critique that I would suggest comes from someone who's growth-minded. Someone says, I've noticed that when this happens, you do this thing and you act in a way that I don't like. When um, this thing, the circumstance, maybe when you're especially busy, you then do such and such. You tend to speak with a tough tone. And then if they reflect on yourself and you communicate to someone, oh, well, when I feel stressed out about relationships or when I hear things aren't clearly communicated, then I, so the act of the when shows there are certain specific conditions in which the negative behavior is articulated, which is very different from saying you are all encompassing a particular way. It's saying, well, there does seem to be some circumstance or external force which creates this more sinful behavior. And that's a growth-oriented mindset because it says, well, you're not like this all the time. It does seem to be a certain time that this happens. So, in a way, to grow is, well, ask 
why is it that happens under those circumstances? By providing these specifics of the circumstances, the person who is saying that is actually saying, I think there's a chance for you to grow in this very specific and giving specificity. When someone says, you're always, I see you are, they are implying, I don't think you can grow. They may say, well, I want you to go, just change. But do you see how that blanket statement doesn't give any context of, I believe it's because of something else. I believe there's a set of circumstances that are limiting you. And I, I actually believe this is a very evident, but it could be a subtle tell, whether for yourself or whether someone that you're in a relationship with, the nature in which they propose a critique. The former one is sort of a judgment. You are this way. And in parentheses, I don't think you can change. The other way is, for the most part, I don't have any issues, but I've noticed there's a set of circumstances in which you do. I don't know why. I don't know the nature of it, but at least it's not inherent to you. There's something going on when this specifically happens. And that becomes a bridge for more conversation. The closed person, when they receive this, will say, well, I don't need to hear this. That's who I am, even if it's a specific set of circumstances. And then there will be no growth and there's no change and there's no conviction. And I actually believe that if one is looking, say, in the context of marriage or dating, while it is subtle, it will be very important because let's use the marriage context. There will always be things, there are always gonna be things which aren't quite right. And we can't expect maybe the most graceful and the most kind way of somebody saying it. But if the context is when this happens, then it goes, that actually is probably far more graceful and far more for you in terms of growth versus when somebody just says, you are this way all the time, it, it gets hard. So what happens if what you wanna say is, well, all the time, I notice you don't want growth. You are close to growth. You are opposed to growth. You haven't, I haven't seen you ever. And I don't know the answer. Number one, it could be don't bring it up because if you, your belief is true, then what good will it do to share that? I believe a closer relationship, one where the person goes back to the grounding and says, as a Christian, I should be. And if I'm not, that's going to be a big sort of um, personal introspection on one's spiritual journey. And how did one come of faith? And what does it mean to be regenerate? And really allow God to come in and, and change that. It, I, I can't reconcile, and this probably could be a much deeper conversation, how can somebody be regenerate but closed to growth, a fixed mindset? To, to me, the more I dwell on it, it, it just becomes a very, very hard thing. People can be resistant to change in circumstances. They might be um, unwilling to accept, hey, they are a certain way. 
but but at some point and that that I understand but but at some point there there needs to be some space in between where there does become growth so I'm throwing that out to kind of pit, stitch some ideas together around growth and regeneracy and uh, if you have some thoughts uh, love to hear them in the comments or you can go ahead and post a message um, and record one and uh, I will hear it directly. All right, thanks, bye-bye.